This is Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie So. At this hour, we have just the classics. Of, I'll be presenting some of the English hits of Coco Lee, a really big mando pop singer here in Taiwan. But before that, we go to a live recorded version of Here in Taiwan. Hello, it's Tuesday, October 20th, and this is Here in Taiwan, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. And in the studio, we have Shirley Lin. Hello. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So, We'll be talking about who people in Taiwan in the U.S. elections. It's different than most people in Asia. Also, what is on your bucket list? We'll be telling you about a 78-year-old who climbed Taiwan's highest peak. Also, Taiwan's first pitch-black bookstore. Those stories and more are coming right up. Okay, so, you know, there's some surveys lately about the U.S. elections and who people in Asia actually want to win. And this was done by a U.K. Um, service called YouGov. And, oh, by the way, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, we'd love to hear your comments throughout the show. We're going to be reading your comments um, during the show. So do leave a comment. Hello. And uh, anyway... So uh, we have a couple surveys here, a couple results, and they all found the same thing. Do you know who a lot of people in Taiwan want to win the U.S. elections? Biden? Yeah, I think Biden. No. No? It's actually Trump. Oh, oh. what a surprise. So it, yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, maybe you guys don't like one of those people. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're not here to, you know, give a, too much personal commentary on politics. No. But we want to tell you what people in Taiwan are thinking, uh, the results of some of the surveys. We won't tell you who... We're voting for, right? <laughs> That's only personal. You vote. You, only you oh, I'm vote. the only one who can vote? Yeah, I'm oh, in okay. this room right now. <laughs> so, well, you guys can say whatever you want, actually. It's a free country. <laughs> so, actually, so this was um, a survey of eight countries in Asia. And all of the eight countries, including uh, Malaysia, Australia, Philippines, Thailand, uh, Taiwan, Hong Kong, um, all these places, um, wanted Biden to win except for Taiwan. Oh. So Taiwan, um, so this is oh. what's going on here. Um, in Taiwan, 45% of respondents said they see Trump as the winner. Okay, they think Trump will win. Um, where 29% think Biden will win. And 42% said, in Taiwan, said they favor Trump because they think, think U.S. relations will be uh, good uh, with Taiwan oh, under I Trump. I see why. So I, I think, you know, because uh, Trump has done a lot for U.S.-Taiwan relations. A another survey in Taiwan by a local magazine called Global Views, they found that actually 60% of people in Taiwan don't trust Trump. Oh, so 60%. They, that's pretty They high. may be happy with what he's done for Taiwan, yes. but they're not sure if he's going to continue. Ah. So, and, you know, uh, Trump is known issue. to be like uh, a deal maker. You know, are we just a bargaining chip? So not everyone trusts Trump. But they do think that his uh, election would benefit Taiwan. So uh, that's an interesting development. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I want someone who can really help the pandemic uh, get under control in Taiwan. Okay. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> do a better job than Trump has been. <laughs> oh, I got you guys it. have thoughts about um, the U.S. election? I don't you know if we will know the answer on November 3rd, but I think... I hope we do. Been, we don't even know if we'll know the answer by then. Yeah, I've not been following it. Sorry, so I don't know. 
All right. Well, anyways, we hope for a very uh, free and fair election in the U.S. and that the results will come out um, quickly and clearly. So, uh, Taiwan is having its first pitch black bookstore. Tell us about this, Shirley. I know. Isn't it interesting? Um, let me first show a picture. Um, look at that. I mean, that's oh, exactly... that's pretty cool looking. I mean, this picture is black and white, but, um, you know, it's it's really exactly how it looks like. Let me just... The first person who... Well, anyway, a Reddit user, when he saw this picture for the first time, he said, ooh... You know, it's all, it, look, it all looks like fun and games, but until someone falls over and slams their face on the table. Because it's pitch black. I mean, how do you walk around? You know, you see that there are only lights in areas where there are books, you know? And then everything everything else is pitch black. But there is lights. There are yeah, lights. It, they look I really nice. Yeah, like it does. It actually be. does look nice. But uh, anyway, I think it would be scarier to, to go in there. But um, for me, for me, You're that is... You're afraid of the dark? <laughs> no, not afraid of the dark. I'm afraid of falling on my face. Okay. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, this is the Wu Guan Su Dian. So it's more like an experimental bookstore, and it's located at Pier Two in Kaohsiung. In Kaohsiung, wow! Yeah, in Kaohsiung, not in Taipei. I thought I could just, you know, right after the show, I can check just check it like, out. Yeah, check it out. But no, um, the reasoning behind this bookstore uh, lies in the fact that the owner uh, wants readers to focus on the books and forget about their surroundings. Okay. Okay. How can you and see then, the books though? It's all dark. No, no, no. The books part are lighted, oh, so okay. you can you can find the books, but you just probably don't see the decorations, and maybe there are none. Very <laughs> I'm just thinking. It's just my my, my thinking. Yeah, maybe there are no 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 um, direct decorations needed, you know, for the place. Could I ask our listeners? I mean, viewers, would you want to go to a pitch black bookstore that only has a few lights around the books? Would you guys want to check that out? Yeah. Would you? Yeah. I, yeah. I would actually. I you think that'd be a nice experience. Uh, it's all the way in Galshon. It's kind of fun. I guess I, I can know, visit a bookstore. Place. Yeah, maybe just once, but I don't maybe like just once <laughs> the dark bookstore. I, I don't think so. No. Okay. So the concept behind the store is for customers to remember their childhood when there was a book that just couldn't put down. Remember how when the parents turn off the lights and say good night, kids, and then the kids would duck under their um, blanket or bed sheet and shine a flashlight. Did you guys you know, do that? I did not. I did not. But I know of kids who do that, right? <laughs> Because they just couldn't put the book down, right? I guess the book owners, store owners did that. <laughs> yeah, he probably used to do that. So with this observa- observation in mind, he decided to, you know, create a similar kind of ambience by, cre- you know, by opening this kind of bookstore. So it got a lot of attention, not only among Taiwanese people, but also among the foreign community. And um, a lot of them said they'd really want to go and, you know, try it out, this pitch black bookstore. It's quite interesting. I mean, what an idea, right? Yeah. Every, anything for creativity and uniqueness. Well, you never know because, you know, Taiwan, I think, is home to the first 24-hour bookstore. And that, that was is so true. popular. They actually yeah. just wanted to do it for a week. It was oh, really? just an event. And then it became so popular. They did it like, you know, they kept know. it going. Yeah. And, and even after the bookstore, um, the lease ran out, they opened a new 24-hour branch. Uh-huh. So it's very popular. Um, oh, we do have some comments here. Let's see. Some people are saying, um, I used to purchase books from a book fair every year here. This is from Nila Kandan Viswanathan. And Rashi says, wow, a black and white photo. 
And we have some comments about the election. Jen Delari says, thanks. We're hoping for a free and fair election, too. Douglas says, thank you for your kind thoughts for us. Neela Kondron says, I'm surprised to hear that 60% of Taiwanese don't trust Trump. What's so surprising <laughs> about that? I mean... <laughs> Is he a trustworthy person? Right. I don't don't think so at all. Um, And Jen says, all I'll say is I'll put my ballot in on Friday. Yes, do vote. If you're a U.S. citizen, I urge you to vote, right? That's your your right as a citizen. I only Mm -hmm. voted. So I voted by fax. Last By fact. weeks. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So, uh, wow. yeah, we want to get counted. Definitely, my vote wants to get counted. Sure. So, anyways, well, thanks for that about the new Pitch Black bookstore in Taiwan. Okay, so what is on your bucket list? If you'd like to tell us, um, do leave a comment below and we will share that. But um, I do have a story from a 78-year-old, and he completed something on his bucket list. He climbed Jade Mountain, which is Taiwan's highest mountain, and he did the highest peak in just 11 hours. Wow, that must be in pretty good health. So here's a picture of him. If you guys can take a look, he, he is with his, um, he's 78 years old, and he is with his 51-year-old son. You know, I almost wish I wanted to bring so, your iPad up to the front. We could, you want to do that? <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's almost, I'm like the courier here. He climbed like about 22 kilometers, um, and it's nearly 44,000 meters high, so it is the highest peak in Taiwan. And I don't, I guess I could climb it if I really wanted to climb it, but it's for people who are, you know, in good shape. It's not an easy thing to climb. And um, so they started at 6 a.m. and they reached the summit at noon, um, climbing 1,350 meters. And then they arrived back at their starting point. You can't stay there, right? You have to come back. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are arrived back at 4.50 Yeah, the air is probably very thin up there, too, you know, so yeah. you don't want to stay there. He's a tiny man. Well, he's not, he's yeah, not he tall, doesn't look too know? big. He looks no. kind of small. But, but you know, yeah. he's been working out regularly since, since? Um, his eight, uh, 60s. Okay. So, and he often hikes with late. his son. Yeah. yeah. It's never too late to start exercising after I he retired. Not. I know. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, anyways, he, he's planning on doing more hikes. Um, actually, his son said that, actually, you know, he's been wanting to do this for some time, and for a while, his health had some issues. Oh, okay. But then after those were okay, he decided to prepare for this hike. And so that's his son next to him? Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. Oh, wow. So anything on your guys' bucket list? <laughs> nope. No? Um, um, I feel like I should take up a new musical instrument, but I haven't decided what. Oh, that's a great idea. One. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm doing that. I'm learning you piano. Oh, really? Oh. You have I a might, piano at your house? No, just like a keyboard. Okay. Oh, I haven't yeah, really invested house. yet. <laughs> yeah. So you play the piano, don't you? Well, I used to play for like, well, adding all the years together, like 11 years. Oh my but gosh, you're probably really good at it. No, I haven't played in a long time. But if you like, so, 
If you um, start playing again, I bet you'd be really good at it. I don't know. Um, there are some things, squigglies on the music scores that I don't recognize anymore. I don't know what to do with those. You know, if when you get more complicated music scores, you realize some squiggles. I mean, they are hard, but uh, yeah. But, so I've forgotten how to play those. But you want to learn a new instrument? Yeah, just thinking about it. Um, maybe that should be something I can try. Um, Sounds good. So maybe learn how to swim. I still that, don't. That's a good idea. I, swimming I is great. It's you very know, my, relaxing. Yeah, my my husband and three kids they all know how to swim. I'm the only one who oh, so does they it. They could teach you. I just throw you thing, in the pool and then well, make you swim. Hey, right. That's the thing I hate. You know, don't get your close family member to teach you how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> because people get I don't impatient. Know. Yeah. I, yeah. And and I can just say no, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah. Anyway. So, well, Jen Delari says, my bucket list is all about travel. I'm hoping to visit London, Rome, Venice, Tokyo, and Taipei. Yes, oh, yeah. visit Taipei. Of course. I, I should, bucket, uh, travel should be on my, on my bucket list too. Oh, I love gosh. traveling. I want to go throughout Europe again. I mean, I've been to a few oh, places here yeah. and there, but I would love to Me go again. Too. When Me the too. pandemic is over. Yes, when yes. the pandemic is over. Douglas North wants to travel too. And there's something about traveling. It's just so fun. There's so I much know. to discover. You learn so, so many, many things. cultures yeah. and the food and the architecture. Architecture. And the scenery. Just so wonderful. So, oh, Douglas says he's hoping to visit Taiwan today too. Not today. Right. Someday. Someday. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, we hope you come visit. Please come visit us at RTI. Taiwan has a lot of great things to do, a lot of great food, a lot of great scenery. We have mountains, we have coastlines, we have islands, we have snorkeling, hiking, cycling, and, and city views. And yeah, all, and all these different so Aboriginal villages to visit. That, yeah. And the yeah. best thing is pretty, it's very, very safe. That's very it's safe, safe. Yeah. that's true. And convenient. And very convenient <laughs> and pretty affordable too, right? Yeah. So, yeah, traveling is a lot of fun. So we hope that, you know, um, we all learn from um, this guy here, Mr. Chen, who climbed a very high mountain at the age of 78 years old. Okay, so Paul is going to tell us about uh, a very hot business here in Taiwan, the delivery business. Tell us right. more. Right, delivery business. Uh, you know, um, on average, delivery guy are in their uh, mid uh, mid 20s and 45% have a college education. Wow. Yeah, really? 40, yes, wow. 45% have a college education. But you know how much money do they make? On um, if you are still a, in college, you will earn about eleven hundred U.S. dollars per month. Mm-hmm. That's not too bad for college students. Yeah. But if you are, but how much? How many hours are they working? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And but for entry level, um, you know, delivery guy, they earn about fourteen hundred U.S. dollars per month. That's not bad. That is not bad. Yeah, by Taiwan standards. And there's one guy. He has been in the business for many years. Uh, he earns about five thousand U.S. dollars. That's a month. lot of money for. It's a lot of money. Taiwan, right. uh, Professional, right? He said the key to his high salary is to uh, to learn that to know that you have t- you have to manage your time. He said time management is really important. But you don't, don't you think that you know people uh, deliver uh, food like you know Food Panda, Uber Eats? This guy, he's said that um, he delivered a lot of weird things. For example, he d- once um, 
you know, one time he delivered an empty ash urn. Ooh. An empty ash urn. Oh, oh empty one. Really heavy. Because right. it made of marble or whatever. And then he, another time he delivered cement. Ooh, that's heavy. That's heavy, it's too. It's heavy. And they even deliver um, tissue paper to a public restroom near a riverside park. He delivered almost everything. Wow. Well, wow, that that's you know it's pretty um, you know it's that's pretty bulky too. Yeah, it's Light, pretty bulky, bulky, right? It's, it's pretty competitive. I mean, the industry it's pretty yeah. competitive in Taiwan because you know people um, you know what are some of the things that people care about? Uh, safety, price, speed, and flexibility. Mm. So if you order something from you know I don't know Uber Eats, if they you know they expect um, their food in twenty minutes, if, yeah, <laughs> kind of right. thing. But but the delivery business is really uh, you know it's it's a thriving business. That's the reason that one major reason is because there is no delivery charge. Oh, okay, on the right. customer's part. Yeah, right. I see. So it's just you know people. It's pretty. Um, well, how does that work? We have to pay an extra charge if we really? ask for delivery. Oh, like yeah, if you for order food, food that is. for food, you have to. Oh no, not for the other things. I think. Oh, maybe there is. I don't know. I'm, it's always been charge. my husband. It's who, always a charge. It's always my husband who goes online and, and order well, all these things. Yeah, I don't know how delivery. it works, but um, maybe there's no there's a big certain. demand for it because everybody's totally. online now, right? So that way you don't have to go all the way by yourself. I know, to get food, for food or to go, you know, shopping and yeah. stuff. So it's a big business. And you have another story about an interesting question that a Taizong official asked, right? Um, our government officials often get asked, you know, weird questions. Now, last week. Um, one um, government official in the central city, Taichung, he was asked by, um, you know, a an opposition, uh, you know, city council woman. She asked him, um, how long um, does it take? Um, does the spirit or does the soul stay in the body when one dies? Why, why, why was she asking this question? <laughs> she asked him the know? question is because that official is in charge of funeral affairs. Oh. But still, that question is, is kind of weird because how long does it take? I mean, the, um, how, long, how long does the spirit stay in the, in the, in the body? body when one dies? And that official was, you know, surprised a little bit. And then guess um, what his answer was. He said, well, um, I don't know because I have never died before. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody knows, right? right. You haven't talked to people who have died before either. So. Right. right. But the city councilwoman said, well, you are a government official. You have to know the answer. It doesn't matter whether you have that experience or not, because usually it's about eight hours. That's, what? oh, really? How, right, that's but how what, does she know? That's oh. because um, you know, when people that's... die, you know, some family members would invite uh, monks uh -huh. or Buddhists to recite the Buddhist Sutra mm -hmm. that yeah. usually take um, about eight hours. Uh -huh. So that's the reason why she said eight hours. It takes eight hours for them to get there or? No, take eight hours the, the whole, for, the, for the spirit to the leave ritual. the body. Oh. So they, they will you know, keep, that's um, why they would uh, keep reciting the Buddhist Sutra for well, eight that, hours. Well, that is, you know, what Buddhists believe. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure every uh, faith believes that. Hmm. So I don't think she should accuse him of like not knowing. Like that's true. We don't know, right? Nobody right. really nobody knows. knows. That's nobody, what nobody what, really. No knows. one has died and lived. To well, tell. his answer is <laughs> right? correct. I don't know. That's what he said. I've never died before. Yeah, that's a correct answer. <laughs> okay, 
so uh, unfortunately we hear that COVID-19 is still spreading throughout the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're hoping that in your country, everybody is doing the best to protect themselves. We do have some news about um, people going abroad and... and yeah, what we're talking about like about Taiwanese that? families, mm-hmm. you know, like studying at uh, the kids studying at schools in the UK. Um, they have some, and, and it seems like the schools vary on policies from school to school. Like, for example, Maggie and Erica, um, you know, the dad is from Italy and the mom is from Taiwan. Um, there are two kids, um, basically her older daughter, Victoria, who attends middle school, was advised to wear a face mask in public spaces only, which means that she should refrain from wearing like face masks in the classroom. Because it's not considered a public space. That is so weird. Oh, oh my right. gosh. Whereas um, she's like one of the few who actually wears masks in class. And the school, school principal was getting concerned and asked for the mom and dad to write a letter um, saying that she's wearing the face mask at her own free will. So that when she goes from class to class and the teacher asks why you're wearing a mask, you can just show the letter. That is strange. Because they think that if you wear a mask, that means you're sick. Then you should not be at school. Even after all we've been through <laughs> as a world, this yeah. pandemic, people are still thinking that way? Right. You know, well, I don't know. It has to do with the culture. And it just can't shake the that culture. The education, too. The I mean, way they people, think. Actually, schools in Taiwan are still required to wear face masks. Yep, and that's we, right. we have... We haven't had a domestic infection since, I think, April or something. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a long time, but we're still very careful in public settings. Right. Yeah, so I, I'm wearing a face mask right, right now. It's not because I, I don't feel well. It's because I just think it's important to protect yourself and also to protect other people mm-hmm. surrounding right. you. I probably should be wearing one then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Paula. That's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then um, another school... Uh, was basically saying that um, the school banned wearing masks at school. And they say that if they were to find a child wearing a mask, they would ask the parents to take the kids out of school. This is in the UK? This is also in the UK. You know, this is is um, from a Facebook page called Taiwanese Moms in London. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then another Asian parent reported asked her child to wear a face mask. But then the school called the parents and say, take your child, you know, like take away the mask, like take it away. You know, don't don't wear it. And then three days later, this kid developed flu symptoms, which then made the parent even more worried, you know, and scared. But um, so it seems like um, the conclusion that this, um, that a social media came to in this chat group with with Thomas Moms is that probably the UK is not aware of like people having asymptomatic, um, yeah, like having no symptoms. So that's why they don't see the importance of wearing facial and ma- face masks. That's true. I mean, you can be contagious even if you don't have symptoms. Right. So it's basically a precaution. It just helps yeah. everybody involved um, to stop spreading things. It protects others. And mm-hmm. Of course, everyone wearing it protects you. So, yeah. and you know, it's funny because even my husband's sister-in-law, who lives in Zurich, Switzerland, her daughter was told. It's kind of interesting. She would wear her mask if she gets up to go to the bathroom. But when she comes back and sits back at her desk, she's supposed to take it off. 
Oh, that is so weird. <laughs> Something like that. So you know? the world still has a lot of ideas about masks. Right. Um, Our advice is know. wear a mask. I would it say really wear a mask because it worked in Taiwan. Yes, definitely. And, oh, Jen Delari says, I wear my mask anytime I'm around other people, indoors or outdoors. What blows my mind, though, is the number of people who won't wear them in my town, which is a small rural town about 30 miles out of Seattle, and very few people enforce it. So I think there hasn't been really good um, public education about it because we have that in Taiwan. We have this, these advertisements and the government telling us why we should wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And so everyone, and it's actually required in certain situations on me- public metro, in schools, in cinemas, so at churches, you know. So um, I would suggest wearing a mask. Of course, I'm right. not going to force anyone and we can't force anyone. Right, right. Right. But if your country still has a pandemic, you know, protect yourself, protect others. Right. And respect those who want to wear a mask. Don't give mm. them a hard time. That is right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we wish you the very best and hoping you're having a very healthy uh, time in where you are staying safe. Um, thanks for tuning in to Here in Taiwan. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Nellie So. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. International. Welcome to Just the Classics, and you're listening to the classic hit from the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's called A Love Before Time, sung by Coco Lee. She's the first and only person of Chinese ethnicity to perform at the Oscars, and she performed this song.
Before Time was nominated for Best Original Song at the Oscars. It also won Best Original Song at the Hong Kong Film Awards. Next, another song that made it in the United States from the mandopop singer Coco Lee. Do you want my love? To the morning
from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International.
Maxwell Coco is one of the big singers out here in Asia who made it in the United States. And that's because, well, she grew up in the United States. She was born in Hong Kong, but moved to the U.S. Uh, to San Francisco when she was nine years old. And she became one of the biggest stars in the 90s out here in Taiwan and Hong Kong. Next, we're going to listen to another one of our English hits, True Love. Number one, 
Well, Coco has sung for a lot of soundtracks, and you may recognize this one. It's called "Before I Fall in Love" from the soundtrack of "Runaway Bride." Something real Can I trust the way I feel Cause my heart's been Fooled before Am I Just seeing What I want To see Or Is it true Could you Those are some of the hits from Coco Lee, one of the biggest singers out here in Taiwan in the 90s. Let's end with her song, "Sunny Day," wishing you a very beautiful, wonderful day. Bye now. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. <laughs> 